0: Can't help it, I'm like a Celtic. I can't help it nah, I can't help it now. Nah, I can't help it, i like a Celtic, I can't help it, I like a Celtic. Alright, Celtics fans, we are back to another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy Dipolcito, and we are joined by a longtime friend of the pod, Andrew Boynton. Boynton, welcome to the podcast, my man.
1: What's up? What an exciting game tonight. Celtics fans, we should be happy with what we're seeing in the past month of February and the first two games of March. I certainly am, and I can't wait to talk about tonight's game. Absolutely.
0: So let's dive into it. So you're going to follow today's podcast, same as usual, uh, run through play of the game, run through some of the highs uh, and some of the lows, because frankly, there there definitely were some. uh, So we'll dive into those as well today. But to get things started off here with Player of the Game, I'm going to kick it over to you, Boyden. Uh, curious your thoughts on today's Player of the Game.
1: Well, this is a change from what I normally what I normally say about this man. Um, he has proven me wrong. Um, Marcus Smart, the Player of the Game for me. Love 12 it. assists, 18 points. He was just facilitating the ball incredibly. All the lobs, all the behind the back passes, setting people up. Um, he played great. And this is what I would love to see from Marcus Smart night in and night out where he is a pass first guard. I don't need you to be chucking up threes. I don't need you to be you know, trying to make these fancy drives and score on these circus shots. You just need to find the open man. And then when you're presented with open shots, you take him and you hit him. And that's what he did tonight. And That's why he is my player of the game.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Like this is this is the exact brand of basketball that you want to see him playing. Like he still had a he had a couple shots today that probably shouldn't have taken, a couple of turnovers that you know were lazy, inopportune. I guess is the the better way to put it. But so did everyone else on the team. It's kind of ugly on that yeah. aspect, but we'll talk about that the second half. But yeah, I mean, Marcus Smart tonight really just absolutely showed out as far as facilitating goes. Like, this is the Marcus Smart that you want. Like, how many lob passes tonight did he throw? Or even just, like, him driving to the lane and finding Daniel Tice for that dunk late in the game, too. Like that was that
1: was painful. Uh, that was painful. He looked like a sixty-year-old man trying to put the ball into the hoop, <laughs> but he, he got it. But it was painful to watch.
0: But you know, like the, from Marcus Smart's point of view, like this is the this is the type of basketball you want to see. Like this is him playing at his best, uh, and that's that's super important. So I'm right there with you, and I, I talked to you about this prior to to starting here. Marcus Smart, through the first two quarters, I thought this was going to be a a no-brainer pick for player of the game. Uh, But for me, it was just, this was a tough game because you had, at least from my perspective, Marcus Smart, the first two quarters, absolutely player of the game. And then you look at what Al Horford did in the third, continued to do in the fourth, like he looked like he could have been a candidate. For player of the game, and we'll talk about his stat line in a little bit here as well. But the guy that did it for me tonight was Jason Tatum, and this happy
1: birthday. We'll shout, we'll shout that out. Happy, happy birthday! birthday. He's, He's turning
0: nineteen for the fifth time. So congrats, <laughs> congrats to Tatum on that. But I mean, you look at you look at what he was able to do in this game here. Uh, he had. 16 points after the 3rd and he ended with 37. That's 21 points in the 4th quarter. <laughs> like just an unreal 4th quarter and he did it. Do like playing the exact way that we've been clamoring for all season long. He got downhill and just bodied his way into the lane and that is just like quintessential Jason Tatum. If he can bottle that up and continue that on a, da- a ga- like a daily basis, he is so dangerous.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's interesting to see his progression over the past five years um, with how he kind of was always the, the shoot first, um, hold on to the ball until the last moment and now he recognizes once he gets double teamed it just helps everybody else out when he can pass it quickly and and get it away from him and then you know usually these guys will come back to him and find him for a three or you know a penetrate two so it, 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 everything's working I, i'm i'm the happiest i've been as a Celtics fan in a long time
0: yeah and part of part of the Tatum game too that you know you got to give him credit for is the fact that he is recognizing the double team so early and he's letting guys like cling to him and he's finding the open guy. He's making the right basketball play. And that is like the biggest revelation in his game. And you talk about, you know, having a, an all NBA type season. This is the part of Jason Tatum's game that, needed to evolve last year. That that was, I think, the reason that he was held out of an All-NBA spot last year. And this is just something that's taking him to the next level. Uh, and it's just, it's good to see. You know, so obviously, you know, we had great performances from Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. I want to talk about Al Horford here for a bit. Because he is, like, turning back the clock I think you said it prior, like this is a the most he's scored since 2019 or something like that. I think that's that was the case when he was back in Philly early on. Uh, but you look at his total stat line tonight, 21 points, 15 rebounds, six of which were offensive. But he also had five assists and two blocks. You know, talk to me about Al Horford, not just today, but in general, like what we've seen from him the last you know, two months here, because I think it's been incredible basketball.
1: Well, I think the thing at the beginning of the year that, you know, whether it was a lack of confidence or he just wasn't feeling it, was being able to shoot from the perimeter. And he's showing the vintage Al where, where he'll, you know, kind of hang out at the top of the three-point area and just, you know, have one guy drive and kick it out to him and he'll knock down a three. and. That is huge for us to be able to rely on Al to make uh, – he made four tonight, but even if he makes two, three on a given night, I, I mean, that is just so helpful uh, for our team to, to rely on Al in that, in that way. I know, you know he's a good rebounder. He's great on the defensive side of the ball, but if you can just get us 10, 12, 15 points, it's, it's huge.
0: It puts, it puts the Celtics team in a, a completely different level. As far as you know, and I don't want to—I don't want to go around throwing around championship contender. Like I don't want to—I don't want to put the, that bat on the Celtics quite yet. But when they're healthy, when they're playing this type of basketball, they can compete with anybody. Defe- like defense, best in the NBA. But and you talked <laughs> a little bit like the offense right now is crazy. You know, prior to this, prior to hopping on here, you brought it up: thirty-six points in the third quarter, thirty-seven in the fourth. The offense has got brought up to a completely different level that we haven't seen in a long time, like a long time. So curious, like, what do you what do you attribute that to?
1: I don't know. I I just I think it might be the lineup that we have out there. I know, I know, Brown was hurt early very early last game um and then you know Neesmith smith going for him down this today. game and got hurt yeah but um i i don't know i i am just amazed with how last year we would collapse in the third quarter even if we had a 10 point lead going in at halftime you just knew something was going to happen in the third quarter whether it was our bench lineup the guys coming off not supporting the first line the starters um or vice versa but this year you know i'm not afraid of going into the third quarter with the lead or if we don't have a lead because i i have hope that we're going to be able to come back or sustain a lead so uh, i think it's part of the lineup and i think it's also part of the players understanding that you know they can rely on their teammates to make shots and make plays and you don't have that one-on-one ball that we got accustomed to seeing last year yeah
0: yeah, and when I when I look at the roster, like specifically the the starting lineup, like we can start there, right? When you look at all of the guys, and I'm gonna I'm including JB in this and not NeSmith necessarily because obviously NeSmith is not that guy, but every single one of them has become or is a really really good passer, like like. Robert Williams, Al Horford, they've been there, right? Like, those have been key parts of their game since they've been in the league. Obviously, a shorter timetable on Time Lord there. But Marcus Smart, this season, has taken it to a whole new level. But you've also seen a huge uptick in the assist numbers from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And that, to me, just goes back to the whole, like, Pass first, find good shots offense. And I think that's something Ime really harped on in the beginning of the year. I still remember the press conference when they introduced him and, you know, kind of giving Brad Stevens shit about their assists being in the lower part of the league. I think they were like 25th or something like that last year. And he gave him a subtle jab and was like making fun of the offense and saying that that needs to change. And recently, They've been averaging, you know, upwards of twenty-seven assists a game, which is in the top quarter of the league. And tonight, obviously, thirty-three assists. Like this is a brand of basketball on the offensive end that we haven't seen in, you know, three years since like the Isaiah Thomas days. And even then, it was it was still a lot of ISO ball. So this is like just an unbelievable brand of basketball. And you you mentioned it, like, you get excited about. This is a team that you can get behind. And I think that's one of the things that they mentioned at the beginning of the season. They wanted to be a team that, you know, fans could cheer for and get behind. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing this season. At least in the second half.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, and I think that it only helps every single player on the Celtics, if people are passing the ball, because there's no possible way that you can get into a rhythm if you're standing in the corner and watching JB or JT you know, dribble for 20 seconds and then you know, huck up a three or drive and not get a foul call. There's no possible way. No one can just get hot immediately after just sitting around watching them play one-on-one basketball. So the fact that they're getting everyone involved, I think it helps – just every person on the Celtics be able to take shots, make shots, and feel like they can produce for the team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the Celtics' success so far has come from guys just, like, stepping up in a major way, like, huge, like, most improved player vibes. And it starts, you know, with Robert Williams and Grant Williams. Like, both of the Williams' this year... Have been outstanding. Tonight, no exception. And, you know, you look at the stat line. Robert Williams, 10 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Like, unreal night. And then you look at Grant.
1: Yeah, that one sequence that got me off the couch. And, you know, not a lot of things do that these days. But (laughs) when he played unreal defense, blocked the ball, and I think it was Jackson who got the ball back, and then Al just... You know, put him in his place. There might have been Adams. He just put Adams in his place, and I don't think we got the. I think Rob ended up making a foul after, but just that defensive sequence, it just reminded me of KG you know, stuffing people and getting dirty. And, and yeah, I love Rob as our starting center. It's it's great to see that he is actually turning into the player that we've all hoped and dreamed for.
0: Yeah, and you gotta you gotta give a lot of credit to Doka on this because th- there's a there's a difference between Rob starting and there's a bet- okay let me back up here there's a difference between B- Rob Williams starting in the Brad system versus in the Emay system Emay has really made Rob that like free safety type center where he's floating not necessarily playing like tonight you looked at the matchup he was on Zaire to begin the game which is their shooting guard right or small forward whatever you want to put him as but he's not matching up against that center he's matching up against a guy that's not necessarily going to go out and shoot so he's not really that deep threat he's using him so that he can really just bounce back and forth on the defensive end and that's something that you know you got you have to give Ime a lot of credit for, because this type of defense really comes down to the fact that Ime is matching these guys up like to perfection, and you love to see it, love to see it.
1: And and I think with having Rob because he's so athletic, play that like you just said the free free safety kind of role where you know he's not stuck on. The one guy on the block, but he's you know either out on the wing or he's you know rotating around the elbow. It puts him and his athleticism in positions to just grab boards and get after it. And yeah. That's why you're seeing him have, you know, I think he's going to average probably ten boards after this game with with this twelve port with this twelve board game. I mean, he's a walking double double. He's he's just around the hoop at all times.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think he's probably. I don't want to say most improved because it's so hard to put him in a most improved spotlight when you also have Grant. And like that to me is so hard because both of them have been outstanding. And like Rob probably does deserve it. But what we've seen from Grant to the, like this season is fantastic. And he is Rob Williams just I just looked up the stat. Is nine point eight rebounds per game, so he's still just under ten, but you know close enough. But the other guy, you know Grant, this is another night in a row for him where he came up clutch in a couple of huge spots. Like obviously he had eighteen points last game, but eleven points tonight, three four rebounds and assist, four of six from the field, three of three from three. Like this guy is spacing the floor. Like nobody in the league. Like Joe Harris, I'm pretty sure, is still number one in the NBA in three-point percentage. He's now out for the remainder of the season for the Nets. So Grant Williams, as far as active NBA players go, I'm pretty sure he's leading the NBA in three-point percentage. Which is mind-blowing to think of, considering where he started from. So you know, he's another guy that you really just need to give a ton of credit to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think some of his growth has come from, unfortunately, some, you know, untimely injuries or, um, you know, people with people being traded, like with Romeo and Richardson, but he's making the most of his opportunities when he's out there. and It's good to see him actually producing and, and being a value member of, of the Celtics.
0: And I know I know that deeply saddens you to say, because I know you're not a huge Grant fan, but I absolutely love love watching him play at this point in the season. Uh, so yeah, I'll give him the credit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just a negative Nelly, and I like just shitting on people, and then they usually always prove me wrong like a week or two later. So if that's what I have to do, then you know, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be that bad
0: guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um uh, so I do wanna I do wanna bring up Derek White here, briefly, because we haven't talked uh, we haven't talked here since he's been traded. Uh Derek White tonight. Pretty good game, got injured. Uh the minutes that he played though, twelve points, four rebounds, two assists, as well as a block. Solid defender. But curious your thoughts on him tonight, as well as you know, realistically, since he's been traded, since the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, I I think he's provided stability off the bench when Marcus comes out, and he, you know, you can plug him in while Marcus is also out there. Um, He was a little bit shaky from the three-point line when he first got traded to the Celtics, but, I mean, tonight he was 50%, and I think he's finding his confidence um, from, you know, behind the line, but you know that you're going to get a flashy layup here and there. You know you're going to get 12 to 16 points a game from the guy. He's just consistent, and I think being around Pop Popovich and Ime even uh, in Brooklyn, I, he understands the system and what they are trying to do. And he's not a guy that's going to try to change the system. Um, or not really fit in. He fit. He's a perfect fit for what we are asking him to do.
0: Yeah. No. He totally is. Like absolutely, absolutely perfect fit here. Uh, and it gives you another. It gives you another Marcus Smart type player that can run the offense, but he doesn't need to run the offense. And that's like to me the more important part of this, because there are going to be times where, you know. Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum are going to have the ball in their hands. He's a guy that can still impact the game in a bunch of different ways. And that is a huge piece that I feel like the Celtics have kind of been missing. I think Josh Richardson did provide that, and you know it hurt letting him go. But I think it was a huge upgrade getting a guy like Derek White that can facilitate. Because Josh Richardson, as good as he was, that wasn't really his game. Uh, so I think overall this is solid right like this is a that was a great trade line pickup trade deadline pickup but this is like this is a great game and I want to I want to get back to this here as good of a game as this was at the end there were a lot of issues that we faced in the first half of this Uh, so I do want to dive into some of the negatives here before we do so want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code tbpn at draftkings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited minimum five dollar deposit gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Green's Nutrition. Venture Green's Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear, and the best part is All Venture Greens Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so let's dive into some negatives here. And boy, I'll kick this over to you to start here. Uh, There were a lot, so let's dive in. What do you got as far as negatives from today?
1: I think my biggest thing was that, that I've noticed the alarming trends where we start the second quarter pretty slow and we also have just pretty stupid turnovers where um, we're either trying to make a fancy pass or we're just not concentrating enough. And I, I want to say there was probably three straight possessions in a row where it was almost like Memphis had a guy cherry-picking down at the other end and it was just an easy layup. Um, there was really no transition defense needed because it was that bad of a turnover. Um, yeah. And that's going to eventually, you know, come back and bite us in the butt at, at some point if we're not shooting as well as we did or, you know, we don't, we don't catch fire in the third quarter and play great team basketball. So I think just the turnovers in the second quarter and coming out slow is, is something that we need to work on where I'd really love to be able to play a complete four-quarter game and, you know, put a beating on some of the other teams out there.
0: Yeah. And to get back to your point about the turnovers, right? And the I think the Celtics did a better job of curbing it in the second half. But in the first half, 11 turnovers, 14 points allowed off those turnovers in the first half. They did end the game with just 14 turnovers. I can't say just 14 because that's a massive number. But considering we had 11 in the first half, ending the game with 14... Seems pretty good. Uh, but that's that's like the reason the Grizzlies were even in this game. Like we turned the ball over so many times. And we allowed 17 offensive rebounds. And the Grizzlies are one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. Steven Adams is, I believe, the number one offensive rebounder in the, in, in the NBA. Uh, but they have other guys like Brandon Clark. They, they do it well. But 17 offensive rebounds is an alarmingly high number. Uh, And those, to me, like, those were the two biggest things today. Like, turnovers, offensive rebounds. If we cleaned up either of those, this is a game where the Celtics go out and win by 30. And that's without Jalen Brown. So that, to me, like, we can keep this section short, there were certainly some negatives, and I think the first half, you know, we didn't see the ball moving as much as we would like. I mean, granted, shots just weren't falling, either. So like that's a that's another issue. But at the second half, they turned everything on. Like the defense stepped up a notch. Offensively, it was just night and day. Like we went twenty six points in the first, twenty one in the second. 36 in the 3rd, 37 in the 4th. Like the offense just absolutely skyrocketed to a completely different level in that second half. Uh, but a lot of it does comes back to the turnovers that you mentioned earlier. So um, you know, it's a tough it's a tough game. It's not a it's not a game where they played a full 48. But at the end of the day, this is a huge win against a team that has the third best record in the entire NBA? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. Uh, but, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to ask you this here. The Celtics, with their win tonight, where do you think they are in the standings at this point?
1: Well, we were the sixth seed going in. So unless Cleveland lost tonight or they didn't play and we just happened to you know, jump them, I'd say we're probably in the fifth seed spot, correct?
0: The Celtics have moved up to the five seed. And this is wow. this is important, right? This is important. So we're four and a half games back in the Eastern Conference here. One game back from Milwaukee, uh, who I believe, I thought they played tonight, but I guess not. So they must play tomorrow. Uh, but we're a game back from Milwaukee, Two games back from both Chicago and Philly. That's it. Like, I said in the last podcast, I don't think that the that moving up to the second or third spot would be feasible. It is. It's possible at this point. Like, that's making up two games over the course of, you know, 17, 18 games, whatever that final number is. Uh, it's doable. It's absolutely doable.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the scores right now. I know we have our West Coast trip coming up. The Mavericks are currently beating the Warriors 102-96 to with eight minutes left. Um, so I know that we play both the Mavericks and the Warriors when we go out go out west. So that's those two matchups definitely scare me a little bit, but I'm glad that we're winning games, at, especially at home, where home court advantage means something um, yeah. to us now. So, you know, hopefully we can – you know, secure a few more wins on on our East Coast and home home court advantage, and then roll into the West Coast. And you know that that to me is playoff basketball. When you're playing the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Nuggets, those three games jump out at me as big time games to 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 watch and to see what the Celtics are actually made of.
0: Yeah, and I thought I thought today was one of those games too. Like you look having a having a week where you're going Hawks and then Grizzlies. It's like two of the better guards in the NBA. The Hawks, record-wise, not great, but the Grizzlies are there. Like they're one of the better teams. Uh, by like, they're kind of in an island by themselves. You know, you've got the Warriors, you've got the Grizzlies. Like those are to me probably two of the top five teams in the NBA. Uh, which is you know it's good to see them come out and, and face a team like that and kind of. Lay the screws down. like They they played an unbelievable game. An well, unbelievable second half, I should say. Um, but yeah, four and a half games back. The important thing that I'm looking at when you look at the standings, though, is to avoid the play-in, right now the Raptors are the seven, uh, and we have a two and a half game lead on them. Uh, and that is huge that's huge. So you look at the the way these standings are going to shake out. Like let, let's say even right now the standings locked in. Right? You've got probably let's say it's Charlotte and Atlanta or actually I guess it'll be Charlotte versus Brooklyn, Toronto versus Atlanta. Miami's going to get one of those, Philly's going to get one of those. Chicago plays Cleveland, we've got the Bucks. That's a tough draw in the in the beginning of the playoffs. So I'm kind of I'm with you. Like I I feel like the Celtics need to make up some ground here uh, and either get past the Bucks or just move off of them. Try to face literally anybody else. I think that's the the one matchup that we've seen this year. They've actually played pretty well, but when you're facing the defending champs, uh, it's not really a not really a matchup you want to see in the very first round. I don't know about you. No, but no,
1: no, absolutely not. And I I, and I think it's huge, too, that Brooklyn is, um, I mean, they're in the eighth, eighth seed and they're three games back from Toronto for that seventh seed. So they, yep. I mean, they have a ton of ground to make up. And I know that Simmons is going to be coming back and Kyrie's Kyrie and he can't play at home and the vaccine and all that crap. But Brooklyn does scare me a little bit but it's nice that we do have a buffer between them so we don't have to have to worry about them kind of coming up close on us towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't see us playing Brooklyn in the playoffs at th- at this point at least. I don't see us playing them in the playoffs unless it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Like if you look at it, I mean they're going to be at the the bottom end of the playoff scenario. Right, the playoff bracket. I mean, I could be wrong. maybe it'll be the semifinals, but you know at least we get to avoid them for a little bit, which would be nice. And hopefully, you know, listen, you, you really you don't know what they're going to be. Joe Harris is out for the season. Ben Simmons is an absolute nightmare. Like he hasn't played all season long, and as soon as he like gets traded, goes out to practice, he hurts his back. Like who knows what the hell's going on with him? Uh, that's I don't know. I feel like that's a ticking time bomb, and nobody would be happier to see that blow up than me. Uh, but but that's we're gonna that's we're gonna wrap things up as far as the standings go. This is a this is a good time for the Celtics here. Uh, but I appreciate you hopping on here. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Uh, make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, uh, and make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five-star written review. Once again, Boynton, appreciate you hopping on, my man.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Go seize, Um 17 games left in the regular season. Let's make a push and you know try to try to move up in the seedings a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Have a good night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it now. Nah, I can't help it now. Nah, I can't help it, I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it, I am ball like a